Greetings and good day to you all out there in podcast listening land. You have once again joined me for 50 years later with Jim Bumgarner on this January the 12th, 2023. Nothing really super significant to document for the sake of the historical record this morning like there was yesterday with the whole FAA grounding all the flights in the U.S. And then it apparently happened in Canada too. What? Okay. Uh, but whatever. Don't care. <laughs> it's going to be what it is. Once I once you accept that fact, yeah, you'll be all right. Anyway, the thing we're going to talk about right now, though, in today's topic, you see, is I want to talk about how Hollywood and that system is the equivalent of the buggy whip. That's where they've come to. More on that on 50 Years Later with Jim Baumgartner in just a moment. And welcome back to the official program portion of the program. I do hope you do consider taking you taking me up on this offer with Anchor because, again, get your voice out there. You never know. I mean, your your perspectives and thoughts could very well help encourage someone else in different ways than you've personally considered your voice to do. But it's true. Every day when you're out and about, you are impacting people and uh, influencing their perspectives that may very well be for the good. Could be for the bad. Who knows? It could go either way. But the main thing is, is get your voice out there. Document the things that you're seeing right now. It's very important. And the reason that I preface it like that is because where I am perceiving, and this has been in my head for a couple days now, when it comes to this Hollywood system of entertainment... Okay, and we will start with the root of Hollywood being that um, moving picture epicenter. Okay, the beginnings of it all. Before there was television, there was Hollywood. And then when television did come along, everything uh, from the television pretty much came from the Hollywood system. Now, of course, you still had the East Coast power players in New York when it came to the radio stars transitioning over, mainly first. Blah, blah, blah. We can go to all that stuff at another time. But anyway, you figure the Hollywood system is over a hundred years old now. And like all things, things that once were, they do transition and grow and progress. And along the way, some things become irrelevant. Whether they, you like it or not, it can be the greatest thing since sliced bread, right? But <laughs> it can go away. I mean, how many people really eat sliced bread anymore because, well, they either prefer tortillas or have no interest in the gluten or whatever. That's a little wide and broad there in that. But anyway, um, my point in talking about Hollywood is pretty much at the stage where it's the equivalent of the buggy whip now. And it's not hard to for me to put forth my point in a manner that is... I think it's a good ground to debate on because, okay, first off, let me explain myself. Hollywood being the equivalent of the buggy whip. Now, again, 100 plus years ago when they started cranking out the motion pictures, the silent ones, you know, it was novel, it was new, and they were innovators, and there were some seriously talented people who went from the stage and then on to celluloid, and that was fantastic. Nothing wrong with it. And then for many, many decades, it was the the hub, the go-to place for your moving picture entertainment. Television sliding in there, offering more moving pictures, brought into your home, a little more convenient. Uh, had a little bit of an impact on the Hollywood system in some ways. That's why a lot of the Hollywood production crews started creating things for television. And where we are now, especially in the past 10 years, uh, most of those production houses just started putting their focus into the streaming providers. And you look at like your Netflixes and your Amazons and many others out there 
who produce content specifically for that audience. Why? Because people weren't going to the theaters for various reasons. And now here we are to where that entire system has been completely, totally, 100% disrupted for its purpose in entertaining and informing the masses by way of all the social media platforms out there. They really can't compete anymore. They're as relevant with the system they put together, the celebrity system. Okay, Let's be honest, that's dead in the water. The Golden Globes that were held a couple days ago or whatever had a viewership of 6 million people. Do you know how absolutely insignificant that is by today's standards? Seriously, 6 million people watching. That's nothing compared to their numbers of the heydays when they were still the predominant force. So their impact is obviously down. Okay. Why? Because, again, I say social media, but it's not just the platforms themselves. It's the incredible amount of people who are talented in so many different ways. Be they entertaining by way of being funny or musicians and all the things that were once captured on celluloid to share to the masses through a very limited distribution center with a lot of gatekeepers. But now it's, again, you have a production room in your pocket. I'm bl- I'm just dumbfounded by it. I've been blessed and fortunate enough to be in the, having been in the broadcast business my entire, you know, adult life, even before my adult life, and seeing the transitions that have come, um, it, it's just mind-numbing. And the people using the tools, most of them, the mass majority, are very well-meaning, just love to do their thing in front of a camera, and apparently you love watching it because those platforms are hugely successful. When it comes to keeping your eyes on the screen, think about it. Before you'd get an hour and a half, two hours in the on the big screen inside of a movie theater. Now you find yourself scrolling for two hours from the comforts of wherever you happen to be, with the screen being in your hand. Not so big, but just as powerful and impactful. So, with that said, that system in and of itself just doesn't work anymore. So it's as relevant as the buggy whip was once Henry Ford worked out the bugs for the assembly line for the automobile. And that's just the truth. So the Golden Globes, to me, would be like, I would equate it to, say, the Buggy Whip Makers Hall of Fame Celebration and Gala of 1910. I don't know if that really happened, but it's the same thing in principle. Because I'm sure the buggy whip makers, they were very much proud of all the works and efforts they were still doing after the Model T and the horseless carriage was rolling down the streets, passing the horses at a mock-like speed. So, with that said, we'll dive more into that here in a second because I'm going to take a brief pause that you won't even notice in linear time as, well, guess what? I gotta get gas and yeah, the show will pick right back up. And just like that, I'm back, and you didn't even know I was really gone, huh? Boy, I can tell you one thing. My ears are a lot colder from when I was here just a few seconds ago. My goodness, it's a cold morning here in the north north central Arkansas, south central Missouri region. We had a cold front come through last night, da-da-da-da-da. Anyway, let's get back to the point at hand of Hollywood being the equivalent of the buggy whip. Seriously, when you look at how things transition and change and the kicking and screaming of one industry being overtaken by another, and you're, I mean, when you're fighting for your life, you're, you're going to fight hard. And so in this analogy, it really does apply to so many things in life. And why am I bringing this up? You know, it's not to attack 
either side, but to just to exemplify that point that everything does change. And the other saying is, you know, the only, the only consistent thing is change. And that's true. And what can we learn from that? What can we take away from that? Uh, perhaps holding on to old ways of doing things because it's the way it was versus, you know, accepting the new things, be it gradual or in a hurry, however you feel you need to do it. But how if you do not let go of things that are passe, you're just running your head into a wall. I've done it tons of time in life. Again, through all the transitions I've experienced, the paradigm shifts of the broadcast industry. You know, I kicked and screamed every step of the way. Well, not every step of the way, but they did get shorter and shorter as far as those fit sessions go. Again, my first gig, my first paid gig, I was slip queuing records, meaning that's how you would use vinyl records for playing music on the radio, and carts using quarter-inch tape that went look like an 8-track to do all the stuff that you did. Quarter-inch tape on a reel-to-reel to make your commercials. That's where it was then. And it wasn't very long after that that, again, things changed. We saw the, com- the personal computer, the desktop, come in and change that process. CDs replaced the vinyl. Just digital files replaced everything. And the automation systems made the live body in the room more and more irrelevant. And those things evolved. And you could hold on to it and be a purist. A purist about these things. Only to find out, eh, it just leads you to arguing and debating things. That you can, you should, it's healthy. But not to hold on to the point where you really trap yourself into a particular moment in time that is petrifying before your eyes. And that's one of the things that I see so many people do, including myself, that you got to let go of and be free from. And it's not necessarily easy, but once you do and you embrace certain things on on your own terms, life does get better. Think about it. Would you want to still live in that era where you needed to use a buggy whip on a daily basis because you had to get your horse and your cart or your coach to ride up into town after God only knows how long it would take you to get where it takes you now 10 minutes in an automobile? No, of course not. But there were plenty of people, I'm sure, who held these debates. Another funny little uh, broadcasting story that I just, I really, really like this one. One of the big debates back in the early days of radio and the idea of putting a radio in an automobile. That's so afterthought now and most people don't even hit the button to listen to the radio in the cars anymore. But once upon a time ago, it was a huge debate I think, you know, it was in Congress because it was before the FCC in regards to would it be a good idea to allow such a distraction in these horseless carriages. And, of course, well, you know, that it, it did. It happened. For whatever reasons, doesn't really matter at this point, but it happened. Radios went into cars and changed the entire landscape of the automobile and the radio industry. Just like that. And it was there was a huge debate and fight over the safety issues and concerns and all this stuff. But then again, same thing happened with automobiles. That were they safer than a horse? <laughs> but I wouldn't want to have to get up every morning to feed my car. 
getting to the gas station alone is just enough. My cold ears are telling the tale. Are telling the tale. Excuse me. Pronounce that properly, son. So, I guess the main message that I really wanted to point out here, especially coming off of yesterday's Age of Ultron or C-3PO discussion, it really is that. I mean, everything in life, the only constant is change. And you've got to figure out how you are going to live inside of it. And it's time, if you are one of the holdouts on that change aspect, say you're your 20s, 30s, 40s, and then older, of course, you've, you've went through these transitions before. And the younger generations have been better about adapting and embracing the new every generation. I know we, the Gen Xers, we were very quick to hop on the cable, television, microwave, VHS, VCR trends. We were cool with it, man. For the vinyl to the CDs to the MP3 players. We all just we slid right in. It was our thing, you know. It wasn't a problem. And the evolution of technology, though it's faster, is the same thing for today's younger generation. And like I said yesterday, the tool is just the tool. The user is the one who is going to either use it for good or for bad. Hopefully you use it for good. I know that's my goal and intent is to use these things for good. Which holds on to another thing that I'm personally working on inside of myself when it comes to being a podcaster, writer, movie maker, speaker as a goal and a lifestyle and to do so in a productive way and not in a, a what I consider a spammy, scuzzy way. Uh, I want the messages that I put out Sometimes, they, like I say, they get a little dark. I get a little morose in my presentation. But I try not to be too... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I, I try not to be too... Uh, oh, gosh, I, just, I hate when I lose the words. But I don't want to be a sensationalist. That's it. That's, that's not my goal here. Because that would do wonders for this audience. As far as the audience growth... Because again, I've made, I've, I've had the opportunity to make my place in those spaces of radio and television and online content. And I do know for a fact, for a fact, time and time and time again, the, how large you want your audience is going to really influence your content. If you want to be happy-go-lucky, positive, talking about the new, or the the happy news, you can bet your bippity, you're not going to get much of an audience out of that. Why? Because human nature is to watch the train wreck. Turn your head at the, you know, the accident on the side of the road. Take it all in. It's a terrible, terrible trait we all, all of us humans share. That, you know, the calamity and the negative are far more appealing and sexy than the good news. Sure, we all enjoy that from time to time, but nowhere near as much as that negative side of things. It's just true. I could, I've done this so many times, beat my head to a wall, and it's my own fault because I know, and this is why I'm speaking from experience of this, and every one of my broadcast endeavors, regardless of radio or television or online, in the efforts of putting out consistent positive news stories the response 
was always significantly lower than those of negative response, well, negative type or dark topics. Just a fact. And that was always so frustrating because, again, as someone who firmly believes and respects the power of the microphone and transmitter and truly appreciates with a very grateful heart for any and everyone who is in the audience, um, you know, it's tough. But I also know some of those things do need to be discussed and pointed out. Yesterday's discussion was very much that because I am amazed at how many people are just, I mean, I say it like that, but it's just true. I'm amazed at how many people don't know what's going on. The entertainment spectrum has been replaced with political talk. Who would have thunk it? But it did. That's where the entertainment comes from now, the damn political sphere. And it's all a dog and pony show. Don't kid yourself if you think it's not. It is. When you've got to be the one to create that content 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, don't think for a second that a lot of these things aren't either purely sensationalized or fabricated. But under the guise of, according to anonymous sources, that means nobody has accountability in talking about it. Okay? Well, you know, my source, my anonymous source, that may have just been something in the back of my head, is how is, is what news is predicated on now. And that's a shame. Because people don't know. We've all been brought up and taught and programmed that, no, that's the source for the information you need to get through your daily life. But unfortunately, it's been totally compromised now by money. It's always about money. Always been about money. Radio and television wouldn't exist if it wasn't for advertising. Period. Social media wouldn't exist without advertising. And advertising doesn't exist without compromise. It's true. (sighs) But I digress. Hollywood is the buggy whip. And we are all given an opportunity to learn from that by way of learning to let go of some of the old to embrace the new and make it our own before it decides to make us in the image it wants. There's the underlying thing. The underlying premise of it all. And it's true. I don't know. Again, I, I, I love doing this podcast as a pantser, meaning I just kind of fly by the seat of my pants and get an idea for a topic and then roll with it. And the, and the memories that come back and then the, the thoughts that can grow new from it. So, for instance, in regards to the ebook that I've already published with the print version on the way soon with the Uncovering the Secrets of the Supernatural, A Guide to Being a Paranormal Investigator. Again, I've been wanting to write that book for a decade. Um, just because I wanted to get that onto paper and to help some folks out because in previous adventures of life, I, I've done the ghost hunting thing uh, as a hobby hobby and then as a so, pseudo sort of professional hobby along the way and trying to develop like a television show or radio show too. Uh, but then actually doing it, I did it. 2008, 2009, I did it. I made it happen. By any means necessary. I did. Uh, But I learned along the way in talking to the people who were uh, just as enamored with the subject as I was. That there was a lot. They didn't go to the next step. But they wanted to. 
There'll be plenty who don't. They just want to be entertained by it. I'm totally cool with that. I love that part, being able to just sit there on the couch and watch this stuff. Great. But if you want to go to the next level, the only way you learn is through what you see. And most people learn through the television and what they do. And the television programming is always going to be twisted and turned in a sensational way to make the television show interesting. Because the reality is, if you want to go a ghost hunting, there's a lot more to it than just walking around in the dark. But there is a lot of just walking around in the dark. And there's other things you have to take into consideration they don't really talk about. They'll mention it quickly, maybe, possibly, on some of the, th- the shows and whatnot. As far as like, you know, you need to get permission before you go busting up into a place. Just because it's old and appears abandoned doesn't mean it doesn't belong to someone. So don't trespass. Also, in doing so, you can get hurt. Not just because the location is old and rickety and you can fall through the floor, but there could be a homeless dude living up in there that's going to defend his territory. And there are a lot of other factors taking place. And that's why I discuss in that guidebook. The little things like that that, you know, can keep you safe as you're wanting to explore and learn more about things that really is hard to explain. So, anyway... Uh, But, again, in doing that, though, it really motivated me to want to get back into putting putting together content around the subject matter. And, being a a 20th century Gen Xers, I love building brands. And I don't know about you, but I know I am tickled with that title of Uncovering the Secrets of the Supernatural. That's a great opening line for a television show. Like, you know, syndicated cable stuff, late night. I like that. I like that feel. How much of an audience is there for that? Well, the ones who still like the buggy whips will dig it. Other ones, not so much. Which leads to the next thing. is like, okay, in my goal as a podcast, a writer, movie maker, and speaker, how far do I want to go? And what am I willing to compromise to get there? Again, I could go balls to the wall when it comes to hopping on the, uh, the bullet point train like so many other people do every single day. I don't want to do that, though. Because beating a dead horse gets, well, stinky. And I don't want to do that. And also, eh, I want to be able to sleep at night. And I know if I'm just regurgitating the same thing everybody else is regurgitating, then there's nothing unique or creative about that. Sure, it's a little bit different take, perhaps. But, mm, and if if I really feel strongly about something, then I will speak up on it like... Quite frankly, when it comes to these folks who have been hurting children for a very long time in the most heinous and damaging ways ever, to be allowed to get away with it like they have, that's a fact. All right, there are things, I mean, think about it once again, and this is pointed out by so many people because this is a talking point. The reality is when it comes to like the Epsteins and the Ghislaine Maxwells, they went to jail for servicing no one. None of those people who broke the law have been held accountable at all while the pushers were wait a damn minute that doesn't make any sense does it but you be careful about how you push that because in doing so loudly vocally and with a microphone you can get yourself into some very precarious situations i ain't talking about just getting banned on youtube that doesn't matter there are real world implications for those things and i can tell you even some of the most benign territories you would think like inside of the toy industry. Uh, many years ago now, I, I exposed a particular horrible, um, from a business standpoint, practice that goes on every single day when it comes to um, product creators here in the States 
then shipping their stuff over to China to get it made because that's just the system, no matter how hard you want to fight it. That's just the way the system is. But there are jobbers in between that aren't necessarily the most reputable people. And one particular story where uh, some guys I got to know had just gotten flat ripped off. Flat ripped off. Their stuff had been basically, well, it was stolen by the jobber in between them and the factory in China. Held it hostage. And there was nothing they could do. Nothing they could do. Well, I got into that on the blog primarily. I didn't, yeah, because I wasn't doing anything. I didn't do any audio or video tied to it, but just writing about it. And lo and behold, man, boy, I started having hammers swinging on me. And I'm like, whoa, what? And a lot of calls from other people who are very concerned about it. Like, dude, you need to get away from this one. And I'm like, what? Uh, and they weren't threatening me. They were just giving me a, a forewarning. Hey, man, be careful. You know, <laughs> you're, you're tapping with some really ugly, dangerous folks. And I'm like, whatever. I even took it to uh, my newly elected congressman at the time, Steve Womack. Yes, I mentioned his name because he's still there and he needs to make sure he does his damn job. But his response was pathetic to me as far as, well, that's kind of how it is. And there's not much we can do. Uh, pardon the... Uh, teetering to the PG-13. That's bullshit, Womack, because that's your job. It may be a hard job, but nobody said that job was going to be easy if you are going to be an elected representative of the citizenry of Arkansas. No, 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 no. Do your damn job. Protect people. That's what you do. Defending the Constitution and the the pursuit of life, liberty, and happiness. Anyway, I go, boy, I remember all that again. But Let's uh, let's shake that off because again, that's not what we were talking about. We were just uh, focusing in on the importance of learning to transition from the old to the new in a manner that leaves you in control instead of the changes controlling you, and that's the biggest thing about Hollywood and the buggy whip. They still are holding on for dear life for their relevance and their pocketbooks. Can't blame them there. But don't think for a second they're really that worried about you. It's survival of the fittest, and they're trying to stay fit in a world that's completely changed and left them behind. Don't let that be you. Adapt and grow and become that you that is definitely meant for a time such as this. I firmly believe that. Anyway, let me wrap this thing up. I've got to get myself to the day job and do the things that I do there that make that particular bubble roll on yeah but don't forget though i can't stress it enough the three keys to achieving everything you want boil down to this your imagination your belief in it and your action on it you do those three things you can achieve and do everything you want to do i'm going to wrap up the ramble and look forward to talking to you guys tomorrow on 50 years later with me jim buckner